You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, PodBay, and Speaker. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and it is my honor to bring in my two co-hosts. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, Miranda? I am doing very well. We were talking earlier uh, as we were, you know, kind of preparing ourselves for the show. And yes, I mean, this is going to be a super, super packed show. AEW just Indeed. brought it in this yeah. week. Oh All my the gosh. things happened on Wednesday, so I know we're going to have a, a really jam-packed <laughs> show. But we cannot do it without the third member of this team. And who are we talking who? about? Who? Who? It is the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who. Oh, my gosh, it's me. I thought you were going to introduce Dice Laps. Surprise! <laughs> it's the same person every week, same trio. <laughs> it's the same three people. <laughs> I think, shock, you know, Dice Laps are looking for work right now, so. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, Just to make that little, that no. little uh, about-to-be-dated reference. <laughs> uh, don't remind me how old I am. <laughs> uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to any new listeners that we are getting through the chairshot.com. Um, the Lucha Central Weekly podcast is now being distributed uh, through the chairshot.com. It is your place for wrestling news, analysis, and opinions as long as well as sports entertainment and sports entertainment. So, uh, last week was the first week that we had the Lucha Central Weekly podcast, um, as part of the Chairshot Radio Network. And now we are at week two. We've already had some great listeners from the chairshot.com. So thank you so much. Um, and yes, yeah, so this is going to be duly distributed through luchacentral.com and thechairshot.com. So welcome if you are a new listener thank you so much for listening uh we hope you enjoy this show again i mean this show is all about lucha libre we will cover everything from what's happening in mexico and mexico-based promotions we're going to talk about wwe aew nxt mlw and more so make sure you stay tuned to that dusty brennan anything for our new listeners any new if we got some new listeners coming in anything you'd like to say to them uh, just that we really appreciate having them here. You know, the audience is what makes us what we are. So feel free to get in touch. 
we give out our social media at the end. We'd love to hear what you think or anything you loved or didn't love or, you know, we'd, we'd love to know. Well, and uh, I do the Indie Roundup. So in the same vein, we give out our socials. And if you are a wrestler, a promoter, or just a really rabid fan and you really want us to look at your indie shows, please send them to us and we will uh, take a look at them and talk about uh, them on the air as best we can. Well, for those of you who are existing listeners as well, thank you so much for your continued listenership. If that's the proper word. If it is, <laughs> or it is now. I just, that's just, that's for the sure. executive order. It's done uh, deal. Yes, it's a, it's a done deal. So as you know, how we always start off our shows is the road back to shows with Brendan. Well, hello. Um, so Mexico City is still orange. That's that's it. That's the headline. We're just going to stick with that. Um, the uh, plans are being made. Uh, AAA has announced plans. CMLLs have plans, announced plans. Other promotions are kind of hinting that they're going to do things. Shows should be happening again. Um, don't know how I feel about that, so I'm just going to move on to the next story. Uh, see, so because we do this show weekly, shortly after we finished recording the last show, Cybernetico had gone on to social media and announced that he had tested positive for COVID-19. Um, I was not expecting such a rapid turnaround on this, but the, just recently someone from his social media posted that he is doing much better and is expected to make a full recovery so there we go cybernetico already but by the time this new cycle hit us already doing well and of course now that means who knows but um and then uh road back to shows we like to talk about uh shows that are coming up so uh golly and is going to be doing a show in berwin illinois on in illinois I, I am American. I know how to say that word. <laughs> uh, it, Berwyn, Illinois on 320. Uh, the poster right now has Mr. Iguana, Mil Muertes, Gringo Loco, Taurus. So it looks like it's going to be a fairly stacked show. They, the last time they had a show with a lot of these lucha talents, they paired them up with local luchadors. So, so you got a lot of uh, good exposure for both both sides of the program. And really, it went well. Um, they have made no statements on their COVID preparation, however. So we will see if I talk about it in the Indie Roundup. We'll, we'll get to that in, in the Indie Roundup. Uh, and then a Blue Demon update. Now, normally, my Blue Demon updates are fun. They're talking about him running for mayor or him doing Disney Plus television. But unfortunately, a woman, uh, Monaco Carrillo, who has identified herself as the wife of Blue Demon Jr., says that he's been abusive and has repeatedly threatened her life. Um, she's said this on a show called Chisma No Like. And I know very little about the show, so I don't know if that has any sort of bearing on, on her statements. But, uh, I mean, as of right now, we just kind of have to go with this. Uh, Carrillo says she's coming forward to protect herself and her daughters, but believes it's ridiculous to see Demon running for mayor, given how he treats women and how he only cares about himself. 
And then Blue Demon has made no statement to rebut these charges. So, um, uh, an unfortunate story. The timing on it is, uh, is, for my entertainment, very poor. But I mean, if this is true, it needs to be brought forward and definitely not the kind of person that you would want to have as a mayor. So it, it would, if it's true, this is a very important bit of journalism that's happening. But, uh, that's, that's, uh, my road back to shows. I have a very brief indie roundup. So I'm going to jump right into that. Uh, there was, uh, a new episode of Lucha Time following the same timeline the show has been following. And, uh, this, that's on the, uh, Mas Lucha channel as opposed to their Facebook page. Uh, but so the, they had a couple of undercard matches, but they had a follow-up to a match we've already talked about before, where Hijo de Das Caras and a few other people sort of turned heel and started attacking uh, the uh, the mainstays of the promotion. And it looks like what's happening is that it, they're turning into more of an invasion angle. So this week we had Hijo de Das Caras, Granada, and Fulgor. Versus the mummy Jesse Ventura and King Charo with kind of the, the mummy Jesse Ventura and, and King Charo is the standing up for our local promotion team. Uh, it was, as you might imagine, with that kind of storytelling, it was largely brawling with lots of, uh, people diving to the outside and getting completely demolished. Lots of lots of interesting back and forth. The end of the match does have uh, the referee having been partially taken out, and then uh, a low blow happens, and the bad guys win. So, not uh, not the best ending if you are Team Lucha Time, but uh, you know you know it's wrestling. They're gonna that, that just makes it more sweet when they the good guys do win. Uh, also interesting was the mummy has returned with kind of a hypnotic angle where he at one point seemed to do comedy and transmit during the show. So I, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, as I pointed out to, as it was pointed out to me today, uh, some people might view taste as kind of bad. Uh, but, uh, I thought it was an interesting and fun take, but it's, it's, uh, a little bit uh, uneven in a show like Lucha Time where it's largely about ways to get brawling going on or to get over-the-top Lucha moves. So kind of a weird spot, but uh, I didn't hate it. Uh, and that that's what I've got for my indie roundup. Thank you. And Brendan starts off all of our shows with the road back to shows in, and the indie roundup, letting you know, you know, the news that you need to know around Mexico, news that affects independent promotions and large promotions. And of course, the latest on luchadors. Up next, we have Lucha Central Central with Denise Salcedo. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage – 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday night's live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed and please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love for now this is denise salcedo signing off from lucha central central have a great week lucha-masks.com by pro wrestling revolution bringing you in partnership with mask republic the lucha brothers as well as japanese legend ultimo dragon Go to lucha-masks.com and fight lucha strong with masks from your favorite lucha legends and pro wrestling revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com powered by pro wrestling revolution. And as always, a big thank you to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting us know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Up next, Dusty, well, he's going to tell us a bit what happened on SmackDown and Raw this week. 
Yeah, well, we had a much lighter week than usual this week with WWE, and in SmackDown, we had Dominic Mysterio with Rey Mysterio at ringside versus Chad Gable with Otis. And this was a quick match, but a real fine showing for Dominic. I feel like he's kind of finally gaining back some of what he lost in those Baron Corbin matches. Hopefully we see more of this Dominic going forward. Seeing him against somebody of Chad Gable's caliber kind of really highlights what potential Dominic has. And that even commentary really remarked, you know, like that's kind of like the the main story with Dominic that he's got a lot of potential, potential rather, but not enough seasoning. He just, he's not quite there yet. His gear was fantastic this week, really reminded me of psychosis. Everything he's doing is a step in the right direction. He's firing on all cylinders, but like I mentioned and commentary mentioned, he's just lacking that certain undefinable element that, you know, maybe it's just a little bit of experience. Hopefully we'll see it. But that was our only Lucha News in WWE this week. So, so it was a very light week. So I, I heard an adjacent story, and this gave me a little bit of optimism. There has been some illusions that Chad Bull's contract might be up in about two months, which generally when people are leaving and they're not planning on staying, they tend to lose a lot. And since Chad Gable's with the program, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's well, very fair, but also they may drag him in at the last minute. They may, you know, they're yeah. going to work till the 11th hour to try and keep him. So. And so uh, I, I'm just being optimistic. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally, <laughs> yes. You know, he's he's like an excellent musician in a bar band. You know, like he's way better than the rest of those guys, and he can't be all he can be there. But at the same time, I'm afraid he may feel loyal to him, and that may be all he is is a really excellent guy, and and an okay band. You know, like that's kind of <laughs> Gable's role right now. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of his yeah. his spot. And he is so, I mean, he's an Olympian. He's so much better than what WWE gives him. But at the same time, like, sometimes it's easier to get that money and not have to work as hard for it. I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he does. I would love to see him in AEW, for instance. You know, like, they, they really do a great job with the shorter guys. And, you know, like, that's obviously something Vince is frowned upon with Chad, and so maybe if he made a bigger deal of himself elsewhere, if he came back to WWE, he could be the guy instead of just a guy. Yeah. It's so bizarre to me that that's really the thing that holds so many of these guys back, that that they're just not tall enough. Yeah, it's so weird to me. (laughs) You have a guy who's... can go like Chad Gable and oh, I don't know he doesn't look good on TV and like Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero had to fight for the spots mm-hmm. they had and yeah. absolutely <laughs> and that's the entertainment in sports entertainment it is you have to look at it too from you know almost that Hollywood perspective because and even though Hollywood is diversifying that you know they're a television product so absolutely that, that is something that they do consider when they are putting people on tv or looking to put people on tv but again i mean this is where's the sports part i mean he is a pure absolutely. athlete and he is actually yeah. very charismatic and and he I mean, is he, he got ha- a great you know, look he has a great look so there's a lot more to it than height but you know but that seems giants. to be the one factor that's holding him back because yeah. he it, I, you know 
he's he's had the decent mic skills. He made Shorty G work for me, even though yeah. it was yeah, uh, you know. I hated um, the he's, Shorty he's G thing for look. him. He's got but... a good style. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I he when yeah. he's on the mic working it. Yeah, he I was like great it, at it. So, he yeah. did a great job with it. It's just yeah, I. <laughs> I don't know. It's so exciting. It really seems to come down to his height is the one thing holding him back in the WWE. So hopefully he uh, he will find greener pastures mm-hmm. if he really is about to let his contract expire. And but still, in the meantime, he can make Dominic look great. That's where yes, he's also. Absolutely. <laughs> and we still have people like Andrade and Aleister Black that aren't being used mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. So, I mean, Chad Gable leaving could open up a spot for somebody like that on a higher profile level, and it would be yeah. really exciting. Yep, there's always that, too. Okay. Well, that's this week in Raw and SmackDown, as Dusty noted, a pretty light load. On the other opposite end of that spectrum, we have <laughs> AEW, who did all of the things this weekend, from Saturday Night Dark to Revolution to the, this week's Dynamite. So, Dusty, I'm going to let you take it away, because we got a lot to cover. Oh, my gosh. So much to cover. Exactly like Miranda said, for everything that WWE didn't do, AEW did sometimes twice. So, we got a lot of ground to cover. First up, we had Saturday Dark, the special free revolution edition. We had Penta El Zero M defeating Asriel. We had Angel Fashion and Fuego Del Sol losing to Team Taz. Jack Evans defeating Jake St. Patrick. And then we had Thunder Rosa versus Tesha Price. Rosa was fantastic in this mm-hmm. match. Early on, she was just like an octopus. She manhandled and manipulated Tesha like a cat playing with its prey. Anything Tesha had... Rosa had an answer for it and usually a way to force Tesha to the mat and stretch her out before she finally got the win with the sit-out spike pile driver. It was amazing. This Rosa is all business, and I love it. She's not here for the title. She's not here to play Britt Baker's game. She's here to win, and it is so good, like so good. And that leads us into Revolution. First up, we had Britt Baker and surprise teammate Maki Ito against Thunder Rosa and Riho. This was a great match. A great surprise introduction for Maki Ito for U.S. wrestling fans that didn't watch the women's tournament. And a great kind of surprise return for people that did. She's also extremely popular with internet fans. And so putting this match, the women's match on the pre-show, was actually kind of genius. As I'm certain more fans saw this match than saw the actual pay-per-view. Like, so many people Mm -hmm. saw this. And Thunder Rosa was just fantastic in this match. She is so sure and so precise in the ring. Her psychology and her talent just progress further and further every week. However, that was not enough to combat Reba's crutch, and Britt Baker got the pin on Rosa. Later on in the show, after the women's title match, Britt Baker and Nyla Rose ran in on Ryo Mizunami and Hikaru Shida, and Thunder Rosa proved she was tougher than four women at once because she sent them all packing just by running out to the ring. It was badass. Like, loved it. And they, we'll get to it later, they are doing exciting things with Thunder Rosa. And next up, we had the ladder match for the number one contendership in the TNT title. 
Pentagon did not win, but Scorpio Sky did. We had a surprise entrant in Ethan Page, Ethan Page, who the crowd was completely mild for. We had an early run-in and run-out from Jack Evans, who got smashed by 10 from Dark Order. And we had some really nice chemistry between Cody and Penta, including a damn destroyer on the ladder before Scorpio Sky literally grabbed the literal brass ring and became the new TNT title number one contender. This was a fantastic ladder match. Like, they really did a great job on this one. Then we had Death Triangle. We had the Tag Team Casino Battle Royale. Death Triangle wins. This was such a fun match. Surprisingly focused on wrestling rather than a lot of the weird eliminations like a regular Royal Rumble or a Battle Royale. We've kind of become accustomed to that over the years, you know, but this had a lot of great wrestling that also really highlighted the depth and the variety of the AEW tag team roster. Once we got down to the final four of Jungle Boy, John Silver, and Death Triangle, we got some really great wrestling. The final two were Ray Phoenix and Jungle Boy. They had a fantastic sequence together before Phoenix eliminated Jungle Boy. I hope this is building to a feud down the line. I would love to see some trios work between Death Triangle and the Jurassic Express, but right now it seems they're kind of building Pinta into a solo thing. So maybe not immediately, but it's something I would love to have. And then finally, in our Lucha News for Revolution, we had the street fight between Team Taz and Sting and Darby Allen. This was a great match that somehow felt both cinematic and, like, not cinematic. I don't know how to explain it exactly, but it felt very real and very in the moment rather than being pre-recorded. Like, they absolutely made the best of it. Brian Cage just looks like one of the toughest and scariest guys I've ever seen. I'm not afraid of anybody, and I would run from Cage. Like, <laughs> he, he picked up Darby Allen by his legs and swung him to a pane of glass. It was incredible. Yeah. And then he had Ricky Starks on his side. Like, oh, so good. Sting and Darby weren't scared, though. They came out on top despite interference by Will Hobbs and Hook. Sting was able to get the win on Ricky Starks, but somehow they were all the winners in my book. Like, this was a, a great match. Loved this. They knocked it out of the park with the street fight. AEW has shown that they do a great job with these when we saw the best friends versus proud and powerful. But this was really great, too, and its own special thing and different. I, I loved it. And then <laughs> we roll on into Tuesday Night Dark. First up, we had Diamante defeating Savannah Thorne. Then we had SCU versus Asriel and Danny Limelight. SCU continued their winning streak again this week. Danny Limelight got a solo entrance this week, too, which is a nice touch for him and a really good sign for his future with AEW. But we all knew this was the SCU show. They're still saying they'll break up if they're pinned. And they currently carry a 6-0 record after this week's match. Kazarian and Daniels hit the Celebrity Rehab Team finisher with Daniels getting the pin. But it's interesting. People need to stay tuned because Christopher Daniels said this week in an interview that he wasn't on Dynamite right now because he was winding down his career and kind of coming to the end. And he wanted to give that chance to let young talent shine and be on television. And he didn't need that spotlight on him. 
And so literally any week we could see the end of SCU and the elevation of a new tag team. He's talking about how he wants to elevate the young guys and and take time away. He's also their director of talent relations, I believe. And so it's, yeah, I mean, any week now we could see the, the, the end of SCU. So it's kind of exciting and turning into a must-watch winning streak or run through the tag team division on dark. Then we had Fuego del Sol versus QT Marshall with Nick Comoroto ringside. This was finally our week. If you're a fan of Sammy's vlog, you know, these guys have been wanting this match for a long time. This is what we've been needing. And this was the finest form we have ever seen from Fuego del Sol. He was motivated. He wrestled like a man on a mission and his mission was to hit the Tornado DDT. He called for it three different times before he was able to lock in the DDT from the top rope. And when he finally hit it, the torque was so strong that he threw QT Marshall clear out of the ring and wasn't able to capitalize on the pin. Um. However, when he was trying to force QT back in the ring, QT was able to use the time to rest up and plot, and after tripping up on the top rope heading for a second Tornado DDT, QT was able to sidestep Fuego and turn it into a diamond cutter, hitting another diamond cutter and snatching the victory from Fuego's very hands. It was deeply sad, but the Tornado DDT was a thing of beauty. I hope we get to see it connect again. It'll be interesting. We're kind of seeing QT Marshall separating a little bit, I think, from the um, Nightmare family. So maybe we'll see, you know, a little more of this pairing, too. It's it's surprisingly great. Like, Fuego didn't get his win this week. I don't know when Fuego's going to get his win. But at least we got to see the Tornado DDT, and it was a thing of beauty. And in the main event of dark we had sunny kiss and joey janela losing to santana and ortiz and that leads us finally to wednesday night dynamite <laughs> so much AEW this week first up we had ray phoenix versus matt jackson this was a really good match but not a great match for me it came off as a little rehearsed in that Young Bucks way for me, but some of the spots were strong enough. Most of the spots were strong enough that you didn't notice your mind. If you love Destroyers, you need to see this match. Like, it was so fun. This is exactly the match you'd expect when you hear Ray Phoenix and Matt Jackson are facing each other. Highly enjoyable. They were so evenly matched throughout the mat matchup. Clear up until the end when Phoenix was able to reverse Matt's tombstone into his own tombstone and pick up the win. And now Ray Phoenix has solo wins over both Matt and Nick Jackson. A rare distinction for tag team wrestlers. You know, especially Phoenix in a tag team as well. Nice that he's got those two wins. And then if you wondered what his brother Penta was doing Wednesday, well, I, I got the news. Cody was in a squash match. And afterwards, Tony Schiavone comes out to do a quick interview. He asks Cody about the shoulder, how he's feeling. And then Penta jumps up and interrupts from the Spanish announcing desk. He tells Cody to shut up. He gets Alex Abrahantes to do a little translating for him. Penta says that he's a thousand times better than Cody. And that if Cody is the prince of pro wrestling, then Penta is the lord of Lucha Libre. Then he cuts what I believe could be his first English language promo ever 
on television and he says, let me speak your language, American nightmare. And oh, so cool. He's wearing a, like a maroon suit yeah. with the mask, gold mask. He looked like a million dollars. He asks if Cody's serious. He tells him at Revolution he lost. He said Cody was lucky he didn't focus on the arm any more than he did or Cody wouldn't be able to pick up his new daughter. And then Cody loses his damn mind, rushes <laughs> Penta over this, and he has to be held back by all 700-plus people in the Nightmare family. It just goes insane. <laughs> it was chaos. Absolute it really chaos. was. People in the stands coming through. Yes, it was it was one of those. It was amazing. And if you've got to see it because Penta is truly the coolest wrestler in the world right now. Cody is a little too try hard for me, but he's also the golden boy of Dynamite. And the pairing is just so high profile and so perfect because Penta doesn't have to try. He's got this natural effortless charisma that Cody tries so hard to kind of get to and can't quite touch. And so it's such an interesting pairing, exciting pairing. Looking forward to that. And then our final match of the night before we get to our AEW discussion was Thunder Rosa, Hikaru Shida, and Ryo Mizunami against Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and Maki Ito. Thunder Rosa continued her badass streak when the faces ran in at the beginning of the match during Maki Ito's entrance, which she performed in total. She never stopped singing. She did her entire song. And then when she was done, she hit Sheeta in the forehead with her microphone and it was on. Like it was fantastic. So ridiculous. So fun. This was a great match. It did not go long enough for my tastes. However, what we didn't know at the time we were seeing it was this was largely to whet our appetite for next week. Before I get ahead of myself, though, this was really a showing for Thunder Rosa. Our first chance to see her tonight was against Nyla Rose, who used Vicky to her advantage before Maki Ito tagged in and worked over her neck. Then we finally get Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa in the ring. After working Rosa over in the corner in some group spots, we saw Rosa do an amazing Cancun tornado dive from the top turnbuckle onto the group of wrestlers. And then she had a spot with Maki Ito involving Maki hitting a swinging DDT from the top rope. It was incredible. But Rosa perseveres as she gets the pin on Maki Ito. I believe it was a thunder driver for the pin. And after the match, Britt Baker ran in again, used Reba's crutch again, and was able to hit the locked jaw on Rosa and walked out with her team to booze from the crowd. This was very exciting. I love the match. They perfectly, like the drama and the emotion in it was great, the psychology. And then it builds up to the announcement that next week, on March the 17th, St. Patrick's Day Slam, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa are the first ever AEW Women's Main Event. And that's on an episode when we have Cody versus Penta. Like, this is incredible. Such a high-profile placement for the women. And what we finally needed, yes. Slow you know, clap. Like, they earned that. They earned that slow clap. For they me. absolutely did. <laughs> Thunder Rosa has been incredible in this run. Like, I I can't say enough good things about her. She has, I mean, she went from somehow being 
like the underdog in the story to being the one that you're sure was going to kick everybody's ass. Like it's incredible. Her kind of arc throughout this. And I am so excited for this next week. Like I say, St. Patrick's day slam. Very exciting. We also have Penta on versus Cody. And I'm so excited for this. I don't believe it's next week, but we also have pack and Phoenix from the death triangle challenging for the tag team titles. So much is going on in revolution or in AEW right now, post revolution more than we could have ever expected. And I am here for it. Like we have a women's Lucha story with Thunder Rosa that doesn't really revolve around a title. That's amazing. We have a men's Lucha story that doesn't revolve around a title. And we have a luchador in the tag team title scene. For some reason, AEW seems reluctant to move any group or faction into the, like, multiple titles aside from the Elite. I don't know why we didn't see Penta win the match instead of Scorpio Sky. It would have made a little more sense, kind of, feuding with Cody. for t- Anyway, it's like, I, I guess I just want Death Triangle to have all the belts at once. But the, yeah, you, that's, that's what a lot of people want. They have plans for Scorpio Sky. It's pretty obvious based on his commentary. Right. I'm using the word loosely during, <laughs> during dark. So like they, they want to, they're positioning him for something, but yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting what they're, what's going on there. And like I say, I've noticed that the only faction to hold multiple titles is the elite. And, you know, like we've got Kenny. Is that surprising, though, when you think about Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, this is all elite wrestling. This is the elite, (laughs) you know, like, obviously these are, you know, like they're going to be the guys. But it's interesting that there seems to be a reluctance to replicate that even on a smaller level right now, at least, with some of the guys. And not only would it be interesting, like for us Lucha fans, it would be interesting for the Bucks to lose the titles to Death Triangle. Penta is TNT champion. Cody is the belt collector. Like the story, or not Cody, Kenny rather, is the belt collector. And the story writes itself there, you know, champions versus champions for all the gold. And, like, I I don't know. It would be exciting, but it doesn't seem to be the direction they're headed in. And yeah. Who who knows? I mean, it, it, it was a super packed week. I mean, going back to, you know, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, this is one of the best long-term stories that to- they've told. Oh my gosh, um, incredible. You know, so I, yeah. I, I commend them and it's, you know, about time. Granted, when you think about the women's division, you know, they just haven't had anything to have a main event caliber, which I say that not in any way, um, in a negative way towards the women's division. They've had to work with what they've been given and they haven't been given mm-hmm. a whole lot. But when you think about the stories back and forth between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, this is the best story out of the that entire division and one of the best in the entire company. So oh, yeah. I'm glad that they're having this opportunity, especially with the stipulation, because it's a lights out match, correct? Yes, yeah, unsanctioned. an unsanctioned lights out match. So, and that, oh, so exciting. Pretty interesting. But, it really uh, is. And, yeah. and like you say, it's. It's exciting that they gave, and 
the story enough time to grow, especially once they were kind of getting the criticism. You don't have enough women's wrestling. Where's your women's main defense? They still gave the story enough time to organically kind of catch up. Like you want to see, not only do you want to see, you know that Thunder Rosa is going to beat Britt Baker. Like you can just feel it. Ed, but you've got all these things on Britt Baker's side. You've got Reba. You've got Nyla Rose, that, that new alignment. So much going on to make it more interesting and dynamic and less obvious than a lot of wrestling stories or a lot of wrestling finishes. And so the fact that we just don't know who's going to win and that excitement and electricity with that, I feel like, is really an important element of the women's main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I do want to remind you that AEW has been fairly consistent at uh, subverting our expectations and often in good ways. But, like, I remember going to a viewing party back when I could do that and and seeing (laughs) all of the people who were just shocked when Cody didn't beat MJF. Yes. Yeah. So, so like – it may feel like Thunder Rosa is going to win, but just be ready that anything could happen. It just may mean that Thunder Rosa comes out looking very awesome at the, the end of all of whatever they, they decide to do. But mm-hmm. it's one of the things I've been consistently happy with is their subversions of wrestling storylines when they go right. They go really right. Yes. Oh, they do an excellent job of both kind of meeting your expectations for what's going to happen, but also surprising you and giving you something different. We ran into that this week on Dynamite in the closing segment with Inner Circle, where it looked like the Inner Circle was going to turn on Jericho. But Sammy yeah. had hidden camera footage of MJF conspiring. They joined Jericho and turned, but MJF had the double cross and had the four horsemen with Tully and FTR, Wardlow, and Sean Spears. They attacked everybody, but Sammy rejoined Dinner Circle and they they turned face at the end. Like it's incredible. We saw such a surprise there and such a change and. It was so satisfying, but completely different. Like, everybody thought they were going to use this to throw Chris Jericho out of the inner circle. And that's absolutely what MJF tried to do. But then there were all these other layers that you didn't expect. Including building a second faction that looked like it was not related at all until suddenly it was. So good. And the way everything is lining and layering AEW is where it's at right now for American television. WWE is the AEW is a program with wrestling on television. WWE is a television program with wrestling on it. Like it's just different. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. We're seeing it more than ever now. I feel like the WWE product is so sterilized and homogenized and it's the same every week. It's like McDonald's. No matter what you get with where you are, when you watch WWE, you know what you're going to get. You know, no matter who they announce, you know how things are roughly going to go. But AEW, on the other hand, has an element of unpredictability, electricity. It's surprise. It's just so different, so much more exciting. 
And their multinationality is a huge part of this in a way that WWE has always refused to kind of embrace. And so it's exciting on that level, too. We're just seeing things we don't normally get to see on TV. We're seeing the type of wrestlers we don't normally get to see on TV. And it's making A&W one of the most dynamic and exciting wrestling products in the world right now because of it. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Well, the results for all of the AEW shows that happened over this past week are available on LuchaCentral.com, as well as the results for both Raw and SmackDown. You can find those on LuchaCentral.com. Also, what happened this week, Major League Wrestling MLW had some very fantastic Lucha Libre matches and an interesting development at the end of the show. Uh, first off, we kicked off with a rematch, Gino Medina versus Gringo Loco. Uh, these two men faced each other two weeks ago on Fusion, and both of them wanted this rematch. And so um, this was really, really entertaining to watch, especially because, you know, for, for anyone, I was not as familiar with Gringo Loco as some other fans. So seeing how well he moves in the ring as for someone of his size, he can really fly in the air. Gino Medina mm-hmm. is just fantastic. He has both the high flyer status, but also the technical mm-hmm. capability and a bit of that hard hitting style as well. Um, so some highlights for me was, uh, you know, Gringo Loco with a beautiful sunset flip dive outside off the, off the top rope um, into to outside of the ring. Um, we also had uh, Gino Medina attempt a, a Spanish fly, couldn't get it. But then Gringo Loco himself later on was able to execute that Spanish fly. A awesome moonsault uh, by Gringo Loco from the top rope uh, to Gino Medina. Uh, but ultimately, Gino won this match with a big uh, kick to the back of Gringo Loco for the win. So he now has two wins over Gringo Loco and... At the end of of his match, he did call out Richard Holiday, which alludes back to a storyline from quite some time ago when Gino Medina was associated with the dynasty. Um, (laughs) Now there's, you know, the dynasty will say they let Gino go. Gino says he left, but it still seems like there's some unfinished business. So he, you know, put out there that he's interested in facing Richard Holiday, but a great way to start off fusion. Um, And I really like seeing both. I feel like, you know, Gino Medina should get this moment momentum back to to get some momentum throughout the roster and gringo loco is just you know just one of those hidden gems you look at him Mm -hmm. and you have no idea what you're going to get in the ring and when you do it just it it astonishes you um (laughs) yeah i I enjoyed that they they uh, went out of their way to add more authentic story to this too because they added the the layer where gino medina is his dad was part of the faction los gringos loco uh, and that was so he viewed Gringo Loco as a bit of a pretender mm-hmm. and a poser and a and calling back to some serious Lucha Libre history, which, uh, interestingly enough, when Conan tried to represent that, he didn't seem to care. But when yeah. someone else he doesn't like is <laughs> representing it, now it's his. So I like yes. that it, it added a lot of uh, it had a lot of dimension to his character. It added uh, extra emotional impact to the feud. Yes. Um, it's it, it was very good stuff. Yeah. Yes, I, and cool. and I don't know if you noticed. So and when they do interviews or sometimes entrances, they'll have little tips or little fun facts. 
And I noticed one of the fun facts for Gino this week was that at age six, he wrestled in his first match as a mini and wrestled with the minis. And that wow. just, yeah, that just got a, a kind of a good laugh out of me because I'm sure <laughs> at six years old, you know, what can you do? But the fact that, you know, he was already wrestling within yeah, uh, the that's minis, was, that I is hope. pretty cool. I told you before, these luchadors come out, they're doing shoulder rolls on their ways out, their way out, they hit the, they hit a Frankensteiner on the doctor, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 (laughs) (laughs) literally from the womb, and again, a second generation, which they can, they continue to, to emphasize and push, so, absolutely, yeah. That's part of his story. And you're absolutely right, Brandon. You know, this could have just been another kind of throwaway match. But I think the one thing that MLW consistently does does well is they able they're able to tell stories from people who have either never wrestled before or if this is a continuing story. And they treat a lot of that with the same level of, uh, you know, storytelling uh, and you know, uh, ability to, you know, show what the big picture is for both people in the ring. So um, I absolutely love that. Uh, another announcement that we had this week was Alicia Toot, um announced that Leo Rush had put up an open contract or an open challenge contract uh, to wrestle for the middleweight championship on Fusion. That contract was accepted, but we don't know by who yet. So we expect to have Leo Rush wrestle for the middleweight championship next week against a mystery competitor. Um, so we will see that. No news uh, as far as any updates to, you know, if the uh, we're, we're going to see him uh, get another opportunity to face Laredo Kid uh, for the AAA championship or middleweight championship. Um, that seems to be pushed on, on the back burner for now, but um, we will see who Leo Rush faces next week. And then in the main event, we had Alexander Hammerstone, the national openweight champion, face L.A. Park. Um, and this was, you know, what was to be expected. First off, a huge set, you know, I would say maybe not a huge styles clash because L.A. Park is a luchador, but also L.A. Park, especially now, is more of a brawler luchador. Um so you had like these two just massive men in the ring. You had some of what the expected shenanigans with the La Familia Park where uh LA Park was able to distract the referee and uh both his sons and Selena uh were able to, you know, attack Alexander Hammerstone um and cause some damage to him while the referee was distracted. Uh, but, uh, of course, some classic Hammerstone moments, that missile drop kick off the top rope, um, and, and, of course, some really hard-hitting action from L.A. Park, um, a great DDT, of, of course, um, classic from uh, L.A. Park. Um, ultimately, Hammerstone was able to uh, get win with a big elbow to the back of L.A. Park's neck um, and was able to retain the National Openweight Championship. However... You know, afterwards, this had been teased on social media that a masked man was um, going to be around, possibly, you know, to and interfere. And throughout commentary. Yes, yeah. and throughout yeah. commentary. Now, they had alluded maybe it was Das Kruger, uh, because that is someone who is masked and uh, has had some beef this, with Hammerstone. <laughs> this is what I was thinking when they announced this. Over and, and over again. I'm like, yes. saying there's a masked man backstage at MLW is like saying there's a wrestler backstage at MLW. That doesn't help. 
And then uh, Lucha Blog had uh, stated or had alluded to maybe it was going to be someone like Aerostar um, who would possibly be that. But ultimately, we had to know what we know and go with what, you know, what we've already seen. And, And that was Mil Muertes. He was the one who showed up afterwards and attacked Hammerstone and ended up taking the National Openweight Championship belt and gave it to Selena at the end of the show. So uh, Alexander Hammerstone is still your Openweight Champion. However, the belt is now in possession of Promociones Dorados uh, slash uh, Azteca Underground slash Selena de la Renta. So, you know, the... Lots, lots to see at the end. I mean, one thing about MLW too, a lot of these stories intertwine. You have Los Parks, now you have Dynasty, who's also fighting against Contra. Um, you know, and so all of these groups are intertwined um, and and have some kind of uh, interactions on a weekly basis. So it's it's very very interesting, but a great episode of uh, MLW. I also want to plug, of course, our interview with Senshi that is available online at LuchaCentral.com, the Lucha Central YouTube page. We have it up on video and audio. We get to talk with the aerial artist himself, who's featured very frequently on MLW. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to talk about who he likes to, who he wants to face next. Um, his match at uh, Filthy Island uh, against Kevin Koo and uh, just, you know, all of the work that he's done in South America. So it's a great yeah. listen. Go ahead and check it out at LuchaCentral.com. Yeah, just to, to stress in case you, nobody put it together, that match he had at Filthy Island is the one that they were highlighting in the package uh, during, during this show. And we did talk about that one quite extensively and uh, how he chose to start that match in a tree. Yes. <laughs> He did talk about that, so it's fascinating, fascinating. Um, and actually, I believe the results for this week's MLW are also on LuchaCentral.com, so make sure mm-hmm. you check it out. Um, they post the results there. Uh, Brendan, you have uh, some information for us on Mass Republic and possibly Expo Lucha? Well, I'm uh, not as much as I was hoping. They've been teasing that we will be getting social media media releases soon but i uh, have not seen those yet so keep your eyes on expo lucha social media page because they will be releasing uh more of the lucha matches that are going to be happening they will be releasing some of the uh oh, they will eventually release the identity of the bachelorette in the uh ring of love but uh and then um oh uh, uh, there's one other fun thing they teased but i don't remember right now because i've just been like all i know is i need to watch just central social media uh and expo lucha social media and and they will tell me all the things i need to know yes. um so that's that's what we've got i keep your eyes on social media i will uh pop my head over there while we're talking about the next couple of segments and maybe maybe like uh something will have popped up that i i missed earlier Yes. No, I know that they posted some of the anticipated matches. Um, so, and just the list that they have is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm sure more information is going to be coming out, uh, within the next week. Again, Expo Lucha coming, um, almost a week away, uh, Saturday, March 20th. 
Um, so make sure that you are staying uh, up to date on social media. And you can also visit expolucha.com for more information. Oh, real quick. There are only a few days left to enter the, the contest. So if the cosplay contest, the custom figure and yes. mass design contest. So uh, do be sure to, to get in. I mean, by the time you're hearing this, it might even be too late. So hopefully you just get this energy from me while we're recording this and uh, <laughs> and go and do that because they're, yes. they're announcing right now that it, it's time is running short. So also happening on Wednesday, and that was this, uh, Wednesdays are pretty packed. Uh, you know, rumor <laughs> has it that Wednesdays may open up a little bit uh, in the near future, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We had NXT. Uh, this week on NXT opened up with two major announcements. First, that NXT is going to have a two-night event the week of WrestleMania. Stand and Deliver is going to be the next NXT TakeOver, and it's going to be held April 7th and 8th. Now, April 7th will be on the USA Network, while April 8th is going to be exclusively on Peacock. So this is... Probably the very first big event on the Peacock uh, network and and that transition from the net WWE network to Peacock. Um, so, it, I mean, this is the first ever two night event for NXT, yeah. um, very similar in the tone of WrestleMania. And that means it's, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, takeovers are really consistently good and consistently oh gosh, fantastic. Yes. Um, just it's. It's gonna. I mean, the the weeks leading up to this, and we'll talk about it because we have some news uh, coming through. It's going to be uh, amazing. Some things that we think are going to be set up for that. The other big announcement was that the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles were created. So William Regal uh, announced that and and talked about how last week and there was this big injustice that was done um, where. The uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez face Shayna Baszler uh, and Nia Jax for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. Uh, there was some hang up in the wrong person getting uh, counted out or getting uh, uh, counted for the tap out. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not even the tap out. The uh, she, she faded out. Uh, yeah. Dakota Kai did, did not tap out. She faded out. And the Carafuda clutch. And so William Regal said, you know what? I'm not even going to ask permission anymore. I'm going to do it. Going to, you know, just just move forward. And that is uh, creating the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. And he awarded those to the winners of the Dusty Classic, which was Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. So uh, that was the big opening scene. He had all of the women in the women's division out there, and Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez were able to, you know, glow in that uh, spotlight up until Moon and (laughs) Shotzi Blackheart came out and said, well, you know, we had, you know, we were in the finals together, so it's only fitting that the first people that you defend these belts are, are against us. So, we had that later on in the night, but before that, we did have uh, our first match of the night, being the NXT Women's Championship match, Io Shirai versus Tony Storm. And this, again, was... Uh, 
I mean, I don't know what to say. I, I loved this flow between the beginning and this match because William Regal absolutely hit the nail on the head, at least for me personally. The NXT women's division is the best in women's division in the entire world. And mm-hmm. the caliber of talent absolutely. there is is phenomenal. And you see that, of course, now in their women's their tag division, but also in the champion Io Shirai. Um, and so there was some really interesting points, uh, moments in this match. One, I know, um, uh, Tony Storm was trying to do a Storm Zero on the, a- uh, ring apron, uh, to Io Shirai, and luckily Io was able to flip her over, of course, uh, and Tony Storm was able to, to dodge a moonsault, um, yeah. from Io Shirai. So commentary really played up that they faced each other before, and Tony has won. However, it's a very different Tony, a very different EO. Um, and so this one ended differently too, where EO did not do the moonsault for her finisher. She ended up using the crossface and did a submission. So, uh, I felt like this was, you know, really good standard and caliber for, for both women. Um, and later on, we will see who maybe EO is, is eyeing for her next competitor because commentary really played up. She is a fighting champion, one of the most fighting champions of all time. She's also right now in about the third longest reign um, behind Shayna Baszler and Asuka for the NXT Women's Championship. So either that means that she's going to go for the long run or she's going to lose it soon. So... We will see. Um, but a little bit later on, we did have the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships defended for the first time. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, this felt like a better match almost, too, than the the ending of the Dusty Cup Classic. I don't know. I just And maybe because there were titles involved that it had this bigger feel, even it though did. the Dusty Cup is, is very prestigious. Having these titles, um, really, I felt like, added something to this match. Um, and then, but unfortunately, you know, Dakota Kai uh, and Raquel Gonzalez also became the shortest reigning NXT tag team champions, women's tag team champions, because, um, uh, yeah, Dakota Kai <laughs> got, uh, got rolled up uh, by Ember Moon. Uh, I think it was by Shotzi. Um Yes, Shotzi. Uh, yeah, Shotzi did the roll up for the for the three count. So, and that was Raquel was already outside of the ring with Ember, so she couldn't get back in um, in time. But this was a really fantastic match, and your new NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, which is also great for both of them. You know, I think it's a great fit. Both Ember and Shotzi have found a really good chemistry between mm-hmm. them, and I think they're in a great place. Um, However, at the end or after that match backstage, um, Io Shirai approached Raquel Gonzalez and said that she wants to face her next. So that could also oh, be why yay. this is very short lived. So exciting. Finally getting yeah. Io versus Raquel. And that could absolutely happen at Stand and Deliver. So. Um, and, and Raquel looked like a giant compared yes. to Io. It was amazing. Like yes. she just looked so threatening. It was, um, yeah, I loved it. Yes. So this is going to it's going to be great. So, I mean, as, as it did make me sad that Dakota and Raquel only got such a short reign, literally, yeah. just, you know, less than an hour. Yeah. But, you know, it, and it does seem a different like, you know, I, I kind of understand why they ended up having these titles made. You know, the original idea for the women's tag team titles is that they were going to be defended everywhere. But of course, we saw that wasn't the case. 
Right. Even in execution. And even now where they're filming everything closer to location and they could have done it more frequently, they decided not to. Um, and since that is an anomaly of all of their other belts where their other belts are brand exclusive, um, it made sense to create that. Yeah. Um, and and he has really worked on developing a, a women's tag division. So they now have. I do think they have to be careful of what happened, I think, with Impact, where they did a great job building it, but then it <laughs> fell apart in sustaining it. Uh-huh. Yeah, too many people wandered away. Too many people wandered away, storylines, and, and, and Impact just didn't have the roster amount that, that That's NXT what it is. Them. They just didn't have yeah. the depth of... Yeah. People, yeah. we see this in AEW too, where they could just pull any two women from the roster, put them together for a tag match, and it would be credible in some way because the women are all credible. And so it's interesting. Yeah, like they just have a depth to their women's roster that allows them to do this that most places don't. Yes. So um, I could obviously, unfortunately, Casey Catanzaro is out on injury because I would imagine her and Caitlin Carter would yes. be like right up there. <laughs> uh, but, you know, hopefully once she recovers and is back, they'll be uh, contenders as well. But again, you have new signees that you can pair up. You have lots of options. So um, I think that this there's a lot of great potential in this. Um, and of course, yeah, we it looks like we're building up to Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel could be the one um, that, that beats Io Shirai. So if anyone has that opportunity, especially at this point in Io's reign, it could absolutely be Raquel. And if it happens at a takeover, oh, gosh, that's. Yeah. We also uh, got to see Legado de Fantasma. Last week they made a statement in, in you know, beating up multiple NXT teams. Uh, but before that, uh, Jordan Devlin made an announcement that his travel ban had been lifted and he's heading back to NXT. Um, so now we have NXT Cruiserweight Champion, possibly versus NXT Cruiserweight Champion, because Santos Escobar approached William Regal to say he is the true champion. Um, and they've been alluding to this for months now. Um, but I think we're finally going to get it again. Possibly a stand and deliver Jordan yes. Devlin versus Santos Escobar to unify these NXT Cruiserweight champions to determine who is the real NXT Cruiserweight champion. And that's going to be ridiculous. Oh, so uh, good. Like, yeah. oh. I, I feel like a better phrasing on that is who is going to be the NXT Cruiserweight champion moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, well, no, if you want to get into storyline, yeah. they both have legit. They do, yeah. It's it's very Devin, true. Devin never lost, and you know, uh, Fantasma, Santos Escobar, whatever you want to call him, uh, uh, he did all the work to get there, and he's mm-hmm. been doing all the work since he got there. So, yes. so uh, you know, in in the um, in MMA, particularly the UFC, when this sort of situation happens, it's it's um it's always a unifying fight, but there's no question. There's no case of who's the real champion. It's we're just going to find out who will be the champion because they both were champs. And that's a rarity in wrestling. You're exactly right, Brendan, because we don't typically see that. This is a a rarity um, in in wrestling. But if any if it's going to work anywhere and fit well, it's going to be NXT. So very excited for that. We did have like the Phantasma versus the Grizzled Young Vets. 
Um, they lost that match due to uh, some interference, a distraction by MSK, who came out in spacesuits, pretty much pretending to be Breezango. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and so um, Joaquin Wilde got rolled up for the pin. Um, and then actually we then did get Fandango and Tyler Breeze uh, out to – to knock out Legado the Fantasma. So, um, I mean, this seems to be setting up a very interesting mix in the NXT tag team division. You have Grizzled Young Vets, Breezangle, Legado the Fantasma, uh, MSK. Now, I believe um, Wesley is still out um, with a hand injury, so we won't see them in the ring for quite some time. But I'm so excited with the direction of the NXT tag division um, with all of these teams, especially Legado de Fantasma. They are proven to not just be, you know, just these these uh, just these men uh, of Santos Escobar. Joaquin Wild and Raul Mendoza stand on their own as a tag team. Period. Yes, they do. So absolutely. I think it's going to be fantastic. Hopefully we get something. I could see like a four-way match, um, you know, Ooh. a multi-man tag match. We haven't gotten something at that caliber for, for a while. And that's yeah. one of the things NXT has just been fantastic at. Like, I know AEW gets a lot of credit for their tag division, but NXT has had some of the, you know, most historic tag team matches of all time. FTR would not be in AEW if it wasn't for their work in NXT. So let's... Very 100%. Let's remember some of these things, people. Uh, the last thing I want to mention about NXT is the last moments of, of NXT. Uh, the yes. main event, we had Finn Balor versus Adam Cole uh, for the NXT. Was it for the NXT championship? Why yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. For a second, I, I second-guessed myself. <laughs> Um, Finn Balor retained successfully, and in the last moments, we saw the directions that they're going to go into. Kyle O'Reilly showed back up uh, and pretty much taunted uh, Adam Cole. So it looks like we're going to get the payoff of kind of the destruction of the Undisputed Era um, between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. But we had this close-up of Finn Balor, and he was just staring out. And you can hear him say, what took you so long? And right behind him is Karrion Cross, And so oh, it looks like we're finally going to get Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor for the NXT championship. Again, that's a stand-and-deliver caliber match. Yes. And even just yeah. that, that saying, you know, Finn knowing, like, what took you so long? With time being such a play of words for, for mm-hmm. Karrion. Mm-hmm. That is I'm so good. So good. It, I, I'm so excited for this match. I'm so excited for this buildup because Finn Balor will not be intimidated by anything that is thrown the, you know, uh, yeah. his way. Like not by the, this, this idea of time, not the apocalypse, not anything, not by Scarlet, not by uh, anything like Finn Balor will be unfazed. And I don't know how Karrion is going to deal with that. Um, but also I think it's the same. Karrion will not be phased by anything that Finn <laughs> throws. Absolutely. No, no. So, um, I mean, there's some setup happening for, you know, really we have uh, uh, less than a month until stand and deliver. And it looks like these are going to be the things. Those are my predictions as to what we're going to get in NXT. Yeah, very much seems like it, yeah. Well, up next, Dusty, why don't you go ahead and uh, lead us into this week in Lucha Libre history? 
Yeah, that's right. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre History by Pep Carrera for information, birth dates, anniversaries, matches of the day, news, amazing videos, all about Lucha Libre. And that's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week, I chose March the 10th, 2006, when my favorite AAA luchador of the 90s and 90s, <laughs> Vampiro, won the 10th edition of the Lucha Libre AAA Rey de Reyes tournament after beating La Secta Cybernetica, consisting of Chessmen Cybernetico and Muerte Cybernetica, Team TNA, consisting of Conan, R-Truth, and Samoa Joe, and Los Guapos consisting of Scorpio Jr., Shocker, and Zumbido at the convention center in Ciudad Madero, Talmalupas. This was a winner-take-all tournament, similar to WWE's King of the Rings type of tournament usually, but this year it consisted of teams, which was unusual, and it made some of the eliminations very confusing and kind of unclear who eliminated who and when people got eliminated. They were still hanging out at ringside, the entire time it was unusual, but I can Very tell you yeah. that in the end, Vampiro <laughs> pinned Cybernetico and he became the 2006 AAA Lucha Libre Rey de Reyes. Very exciting day for AAA. Very exciting day for Vampiro. What did you pick this week, Brendan? Well, so I yeah, waffled can we, around. Can we? Can we? Can we? Because we just all started laughing. <laughs> We gotta, we just gotta address this for a second. Because also it was Brendan Smart idea, so we credit to Brendan. But for any of you who don't remember, Dusty and I did have the privilege of interviewing Vampiro uh, last fall regarding his documentary, uh, The Death and Life yes. of Vampiro. And in that, Dusty asked him about his time in AAA and uh, Vampiro was like, nah, I never wrestled for AAA. And <laughs> Are you sure? Because not according to Wikipedia videos not, online. Yeah, the video I had at home. Yeah, like, yeah. like, take, like, like, there's video evidence that you wrestled for Triple H. <laughs> we were gonna fight him on that, but yeah, this particular day came out. This is exactly why. This is what <laughs> this is a receipt. Yes. <laughs> Oh, well, that's why I had to say my favorite AAA wrestler of the 90s and the noughties, Vampiro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought we were just going to leave it at that because maybe Vampiro <laughs> listens to us for a while, and I didn't really want it to yeah, you know, take a I piss out. I feel like we're pretty safe, but I feel like everybody else going to listen to the interview. It's still on LuchaCentral.com. You can check it yes. out on Spotify, iTunes. Pod base speaker, all of that, the YouTube channel. Uh, but yeah, the video, just the interview is still there and you can listen it to yourself. He says he never wrestled for AAA. And- <laughs> we'll, we'll see what he says during the Expo Lucha. Yeah, somebody maybe asked him about his mind. Maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe he remembers it now. I mean, <laughs> it might have just been an unfortunate, uh, unfortunate choice of words at the time that he. He's just like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. we, I think we caught him on an off day, to be fair. 
or an off trying, moment at least. Just trying to be, you know, as fair as I can, because no, absolutely, you know, you know that that is it's a fun situation. <laughs> He's a, an amazing interview, and he really know, was, yeah, yeah, an amazing interview. We know his work behind the scenes with AAA, you know, too. So I mean, like all of that it it's it's very fascinating but again you know just just mm-hmm. gotta be you gotta pull the curtain back a little bit as we all start <laughs> giggling and laughing yes at why specifically that and especially you why you picked it literally why yes. you picked it? <laughs> well that's the thing like i love vampiro i was one of those rock and roll kids it was like oh vampiro's my guy when we saw him on wcw so like i, re- I genuinely love vampiro and not to make fun of him it was just funny yes. because of the triple a connection yes <laughs> so uh brendan what did you pick this week <laughs> so I had I had to pick something out, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but it was a thing that I looked at the rest of the tone of the show. I'm like, this isn't going to fit. So I have changed mine last second to a match, which I tried to watch, but the video link to it led me to something else. So I, uh, I never got to see this match and relive the glory on it. But uh, I chose March 12th, 2000, when Super Crazy won the ECW World Television Championship. After beating Rhino at the ECW Living Dangerously pay-per-view uh, in the O'Neill Center in, in Danbury, Connecticut. So right there in the heart of WWE country. <laughs> but there they were. Um, so cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Super Crazy is a guy I've had the privilege of spending a lot of time with. So anytime he pops up, I tend to, to try to watch his matches. Um, I, the, I don't remember this one specifically because that was probably right before I was able to get ECW pay-per-view regularly. Mm-hmm. They were, yeah, um, they were hard to get little, back then. A little hard to get, and uh, I had to do a lot of tape training to get ECW pay-per-views. But um, I know it's one that uh, is talked about with a lot of fondness, so I, I was trying to find the footage. I'm sure somebody out there has. That's footage of it. That's because what I got was a ladies' match when I tried to click on the link. So I know that <laughs> yes. was not right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, if somebody out there has it, I'd love to watch that match. I'm a huge Super Crazy fan, uh, and I'm uh, not that far off on Rhino either. He's kind of a fun guy to watch. So that sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Miranda, what did you find this week? Well, you know, let's. Pulling back the curtain, and I knew as soon as you said I called an audible, I'm like he picked mine, because usually what we do with this is that we'll confirm what day that we're picking, and but we didn't do it this time, and of course the one day that we don't do it is the same day that we both pick the same one. Uh, so I'm so calling that audible. Matches. I know there were so many matches, and of course Brendan picked the one that I wanted. Uh, I, I was looking at this is the one of all of these. This is the one, that's exactly where my thought process was. Like this yeah. is the least likely that Miranda's going to pick. No, it. We all knew which one Misty was going to pick. For. That's the one I went straight for. So because this is an ECW pay per view, it is on the network. So I found it on the network. Oh, yes. oh very nice. Yeah. So that was very cool okay. to watch because. It was very storyline driven with at this point they were on TNN. Um, and so it was all about the network and Cyrus, who we, you know, uh, uh, oh, my gosh. Um, he's he's on the uh, impact. 
Actually. Yeah, Don Callis. Yeah, yeah, Don, yeah. Callis. Don Callis. You know, uh, Cyrus played by Don Callis, and how super crazy was the champion of ECW? You know, that's what the fans wanted. That's you know, but Rhino was the network's choice, quote unquote. So that was <laughs> oh. very fun because then you had this throw into like. This was, this is part of the finals of the TV title, uh, tournament that Rob Van Dam had to vacate when he broke his leg. And so, I mean, it was like a cluster at the end, but, uh, <laughs> super crazy in, in his multiple moonsaults. That ending was just really, really great. Um, so I, I enjoyed it, but it is on the WWE network. Um, it is the main event, so you can go straight to it. It's awesome. Um, but I'll throw out an audible as far as just another one for me. Um, and I believe the link is up, but you can also watch this on the network. Uh, March 14, 2004, Eddie Guerrero retained the WWE championship after beating Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20. And so I believe this was his first big title defense after he won the title at No Way Out. And so uh, I know I've talked about this before on previous episodes, and I know I picked this as a, uh, you know, this week in Lucha Libre moment because No Way Out was just such a big moment for yeah. Eddie in that match mm-hmm. against Brock. And to continue with this, to have that, this also is the event where you had that big moment at the end with Eddie and Chris Benoit celebrating because um, he had just won. So having those two men who had had their careers and their friendship tied together at the pinnacle, the peak of their careers, uh, you know, it's, it's sad when you think about it now. Um, you know, it breaks your heart. Uh, but this was also, I think for a lot of fans, they thought Eddie's going to lose the belt. He just has it for now. He's going to lose it. Yeah, and when right. he didn't, I think it was a sense of validation and almost secure of like, huh, okay, this feels, he was, yeah, it, it's solidified. He was still in that weird spot where he wasn't a Vince guy. So him winning felt like to a lot of people, like this is just so that he can have, go in there and, and put it on some somebody else so that those two didn't have to wrestle and they can save that match for later right and and uh so you know people saw kurt angle and kurt angle was really one of the top draws at the time they're like oh yeah he's told this is totally it he's just gonna drop it yeah kurt angle because and i know i haven't seen the match in a while but the i mean they're the two of the most talented skill oh my gosh yeah that was like the highest ability yeah Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, not only is it just that moment as Eddie Guerrero fans, as many of us are, but, you know, it's a WrestleMania moment. It was that solidifying of Eddie's reign, knowing that he wasn't just going to have that title for a short amount of time. And it's truly one of probably one of the more underrated WrestleMania matches um, in in recent memory. So uh, and that's I mean, look. That's why that's the beauty of these things, though. Yes, we may have picked the same day, but there's so many other days and moments in history um, in this day in Lucha Libre history at LuchaCentral.com. And so some, again, could be receipts of what happened. Others are just really cool moments um, and others are WrestleMania worthy moments. So make sure you go to LuchaCentral.com to check out this day in Lucha Libre history. But by the way, Brendan, can you let our listeners know what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com? Well, absolutely. So uh, folks, if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's really time to do it. 
LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish, find the best curated video <laughs> content and original content not seen anywhere else, find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area, find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world, a place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives, in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And uh, on top of this, it's free. Like, that's, you cannot beat that price, especially no. right now. Free is the best. Yeah, it's my favorite price. Is- free for free, free. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Free for free. That's better than four ninety nine. That's better than nine ninety nine. And I don't care how many flags you put on top of Titan Tower. Uh, <laughs> free, best. Absolutely. And that's uh, LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Up next, Dusty, you have some AAA news to share. Yes, and more interesting developments surrounding the AAA Cruiserweight title. Laredo Kid seemingly accepted a challenge from both Aramis and Octagon Jr. and said that he will be letting AAA decide who the challenger shall be. But if it doesn't lead to a triple threat match, I don't even know what's going on in this world anymore. Like, that's the most obvious (laughs) setup. So... We've got that, and we've also received word that AAA will be hosting another Auto Luchas show on March the 20th at Auto Cinema, Ere Libre, and Coyoacan, which used to be a mall parking lot, but it's turned into a drive-in theater and a drive-in live entertainment venue with a platform stage for, like, concerts and plays. So it kind of makes it a perfect fit for something like Auto Luchas. It may not be as elaborate as the previous AAA staging for Auto Luchas, but still, it's supposed to be a pretty interesting arena. And they're trying to kind of hit unique and interesting spots with their um, no-audience shows. And also with the Auto Luchas show, it's a very unique and interesting spot. So we'll see what happens with that. And finally, we have news from Lucha Blog this week that AAA and Lucha Libre Full Media Ventures, uh, their lawsuit has finally entered into mediation, and they're trying to get things resolved. There has not been a resolution in the case as of recording time, but all signs are positive that a resolution could be very near. Mediation is honestly the best step towards getting some AAA Lucha Libre on our screens again in the U.S. And so I hope to have some more exciting news for everybody regarding these developments next week as well. Up next, we're talking a little bit of Impact Wrestling. Uh, They are going to have an Impact Plus exclusive event this Saturday, Sacrifice. Uh, and some uh, Lucha Libre matches you should keep an eye out on. Um, Decay will be facing Reno Scum. Uh, and also, it was Black Taurus's birthday this week. So, Yay. feliz cumpleaños a ti. Um, and also, he's they're going to rip up Reno Scum. Like, that's just what's going to happen. <laughs> I, you know, that's actually a matchup I'm really excited for. I think that's a yeah. good match. Yes. And I don't we think it's going to seen... be as cut. No, yeah, we haven't seen Reno Scum in quite some time, but uh, Decay is looking for a team to face, and Reno Scum answered the challenge. So I think it's going to be a great way to showcase, too, um, that partnership between Crazy Steve and Black Taurus. We also are going to have an X Division Championship match, TJP versus Ace Austin. 
Um, and they are alluding to other challengers with TJP. Josh Alexander stepped up to G- TJP this week on Impact. Um, you know, I I do love Ace Austin as X Division champion, though his reign's one of my favorite in modern history. So mm-hmm. I would not be mad at another Ace Austin X Division run. But it so does excited. seem like they are going to keep that title on TJP for a little bit longer. I would love to see TJP versus Josh Alexander and Josh Alexander have a good run. Ooh, um, yeah. Yep. Ethan Page on AEW, you know, that thing is still happening. So why don't you give Josh Alexander uh, a good run with the exhibition championship? Yeah, that would be exciting and a nice way to introduce him, you know, to like a – not just a singles wrestler, but an important singles yes. wrestler. Yes, uh, agreed. But that, I again, Ace Austin and, and TJP, I think, <laughs> going to be a fantastic. Still exciting, yeah. Still exciting, still a great match. But the big, big news that came out of this week's Impact and what we're going to see this Saturday at Sacrifice, which is going to have implications not only for Impact, but also AEW, Rich Swan and Moose will face each other in a title unification match. So Rich One is the current Impact World Champion. Impact has decided to reactivate the TNA Championship and has acknowledged Moose as the champion. So it is an active title again. These two men are going to face off and the winner will be will unify these two titles. The winner of this match will also face Kenny Omega in a title versus title match at Rebellion next month. Oh, so exciting. So the prophecy that Kenny Omega and Don Callis has set out back in December about collecting all of the belts is one step closer. We may see that at Rebellion. And so, I mean, I have a feeling, though, whoever wins this match is going to lose to Kenny Omega in April. Yes, I agree. So who, but, you know, who as far as I prefer, I would like to see Moose win. I would, too. Uh, a, a competitive match between Moose and Kenny Omega. And hopefully that means we see Moose show up on AEW and build oh this gosh, up. Oh, yeah. That'd know, be exciting. In some ways, I mean, it does seem like AEW is looking to have Christian Cage and, and Kenny Omega do a program for a little bit, but that is something they could do pretty short term and then still have enough time to build Kenny versus Moose. Um, I, I would just love to see that, but yeah, so not only are we going to see a unification match between the TNA and impact championships, but then after that, we're going to have a title versus title match at rebellion and possibly Kenny Omega collect, I guess at this point would be his third title, um, outside of, you know, the AEW world championship and the triple A mega campeon, then, you know. He's going to get Impact's title. So after that, who knows you know, what other belts Kenny Omega is going to go after. But he's going to Infinity Gauntlet this thing and just go <laughs> for it. But, yes, this Saturday, yes. March 13th, Sacrifice. Uh, that's going to be on the Impact Plus app. And then Rebellion is going to be in April on pay-per-view. I know we're hopefully we see a great buildup to it, but, uh, you know, we still continue to see the commercials uh, with Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone on AEW. Hopefully, too, this means if we're going to have, you know, a longer relationship with them, at least through Rebellion, maybe we see some crossover again in another division. I, you know, 
not having high hopes, but I'm going to constantly keep crossing my fingers that we continue to see some uh, additional crossover between AEW and Impact Wrestling. Things that aren't total disappointments in my life, Ring of Honor. <laughs> Brendan. <laughs> Let him know. Okay, so what happened this week on Ring of Honor? This <laughs> this week's Ring of Honor episode was a little less lucha centric, but still drove some of the story forward. Um, you had a pure rules match with uh, Josh Woods and Dalton Castle. So those of you that are like me and enjoy the kind of storytelling the pure does, where it kind of crosses over with that old school lucha style, it's worth checking out. Um, then you had. A four corners match to determine who the next contender for the belt was going to be. And I predicted right away when I heard the four names which one it was going to be. Let's see if you guys can guess. Jay Lethal, Jay Briscoe, East C3, Matt Taven. The answer was Jay Lethal. Uh, Jay mm-hmm. Lethal came out on top on this. He said uh, repeatedly in interviews that the uh, foundation needs to get gold so that they can purify the championships. Uh, and and uh, generally, they, they seem to still be on this collision course with LFI. So having Jay Lethal win that kind of sets that up. They didn't directly allude to it this week, but since that's a match they're doing some build to, that may be... That may be things that, that come to play. Um, I, so yeah, that was, that was this week's episode. However, on Facebook, we got a Dragon Lee match where Dragon Lee uh, retained the TV championship against Brian Johnson, uh, which they've now released on YouTube. So you can go watch it. It is, uh, it's a fun match. And then probably by the time you can hear our voices saying this, the, there will be a Bandito versus Tracy Williams. Versus LSG match that is also scheduled to go up on the ROH YouTube channel. So uh, lots and lots of Lucha-centric action that is is happening on ROH's YouTube this week. But uh, probably next week and the week after, we'll, we'll start seeing more of the Lucha on television again. We'll see more LFI, more Mexa Squad. Uh, this should all all be good stuff. That's how our awaits this week. I was going to say, just earlier, they announced Tracy Williams versus Dragon Lee for the uh, World Television Championship for the anniversary show. Oh, um, yeah. So that is that is going to be happening on pay-per-view March 26th. Yeah, well, and so you can expect that, that we will get more <coughs> big match announcements that we will need to – that we will be covering here because they will be – Covering, like I said, Mexa Squad and LFI, and mm-hmm. you know they've got a working relationship with other companies, so they, there's a very decent chance we'll see a very lucha heavy series of matches yes. on that paper. Also, they just also announced this week on television we're going to have Flamita versus Philip Gordon. So uh, I love, yeah, I just big big fan of both. You know, like I, I flip is somebody who constantly I'm uh, astonished by his work um, and his level of, of athleticism. I think him versus a lucha style is going to to be something that like he can adapt to super, super quick. And so I feel like that's just going to create su- stupid good chemistry in the ring. I hope so. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, 
Ring of Honor, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> they are You all got fucker. this. You are, oh, man. You know, I ain't worried about you, Ring of Honor. I ain't worried about you. <laughs> you know, I mean, gosh. Yes. Good for you. So, so exciting. What they do weekly on television and what they're building up to for the anniversary show. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. And that's it for this week's Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you all for listening. If you are a new listener, we hope you enjoyed the show. If you are a returning listener, thank you so much for you keep coming back. You can't quit us, and that's okay. <laughs> we still love you. We'll make sure we keep giving you all of the Lucha Libre <laughs> that you need to know in Mexico and around the world, uh, including the North American promotions. Make sure to go to LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can go check out Lucha Central on social media as well, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at Twitter on Lucha Central, or at, on Twitter at LuchaCentral.com. I apologize. Uh, on YouTube, of course, which you can get to um, at Lucha Central, um, the YouTube page has tons of great matches and interviews, including our interview with Senshi. Um, you can find that on the Lucha Central YouTube page. Of course, too, as well, some of the matches um, from this day in Lucha Libre history. Um, while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes, I am on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And, Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers, 321. T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am available on Facebook, Instagram, and most importantly, I'm all over the Twitters. Yes. And me, Miranda Morales. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. As Brendan mentioned earlier in the show, if you are an independent wrestler, independent promotion, reach out to him so you can uh, possibly feature, be featured on a future uh, edition, a future segment uh, of the Indie Roundup. We'd love to highlight independent promotions as well here in the United States. So reach out to Brendan Barr at 321 T-Shirt Guy if you would like like to have a match or a promotion featured in an upcoming edition. Now, I do have to preface, you know, this is Brendan's segment and his choice, so he's very much will decide the criteria. If you are running an unsafe show, if you're not following COVID, uh, you know, protection measures with social distancing guidelines, you are not going to be featured. Just putting that out there now. And it is at Brendan's total discretion. Uh <laughs> uh, the flip side of that, if you tell me all of the safety procedures you are taking, I am going to feature that as part of the show, too, and, and yes. tell you how great you are for doing that. So Yes. So just uh, putting it out there, be like, oh, my thing wasn't mentioned. Well, look, it's, hey, you know, this is really it's Brendan's dictatorship when it comes to that segment. You know, Brendan is, is the authority figure on that. We we can bring the information to him, but it is, you know, is it is his choice based off of the criteria that he sets and very open about, you know, as to what he features. But he's absolutely right. If you are taking these measures and if you're running safe shows, that is also going to be a plug that you'll get from Brendan for free. <laughs> for free. For free. 
Uh, also, though, while you're listening to the show, you may be listening to it on LuchaCentral.com or maybe you're listening to it through your favorite podcast platform. So go ahead and subscribe, rate and review. Subscribe so that way you get notifications every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can rate. We'd love if you give us a five-star rating and review. Let us know your thoughts on the show. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us feedback on topics. Get, let us know what you think we should talk about in the future. All of that we'd love to hear from you. So make sure you do that. And again, thank you all again. For Brendan Barn, for Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much. And we will be back next week. Respetable público, lucharán a dos de tres.